Hello and welcome everyone to today's MWI and MediaWorks Masterclass. So today we're going to be talking about maximizing exposure and engagement. It's about connecting the dots between online and offline advertising. So look, the world of media and digital, they are intertwined more so than ever before. We see the impact all the time of offline media to online action. So there's a huge range of opportunities to amplify your digital communications through more channels than ever. Really embracing these channels, understanding their impact on online behavior, that's what's going to drive your future success and grow your business. So in today's digital masterclass, our media performance marketing specialists, that's you guys, combined to discuss traditional and digital media channels can serve you best to maximize the reach and frequency of your messaging to your target customers. So I'm Declan Kelly, I'm the Managing Partner of MWI, and joining me today is Hannah Elliott, who's our Media Planner and Buyer. We have James Johnson, our Head of Paid Social and Video, and Jacob Chan, Head of Creative Strategy. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys? Thank you. Good morning. Good. Okay, look, we're going to dive in, and I'm going to start with you, Hannah. A lot of the conversation can tend to be about traditional media or digital media, as if it's an either or choice. What do you think? Is it as binary as that? No, I don't think it is at all. Um, it doesn't have to be a choice between um, digital um, marketing and traditional media. I think embracing both and creating a truly integrated campaign is what is likely to deliver some of the strongest um, reach and frequency amongst our target audience. Cool. That, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, when you talk <laughs> traditional media, what should people be considering? Um, I think there are three traditional forms of media that deliver um, that top of the funnel brand awareness to keep brands front of mind, um, create cut through in a busy marketplace and deliver trust in order to create um, brand salience. These are TV, radio and out of home. Um, The key is how we adopt our use of these platforms to reflect the changing media consumption habits and, and integrate them into a full funnel campaign so it all stitches together seamlessly. It, you know, gone are the days when you could put all your media budget into linear TV and be guaranteed that mass market reach. And this does not mean at all that live or recorded TV is dead, not by a long shot. It still has a huge adult reach at, at over 80%, which is second only to, to out of home. But in order to generate mass reach effectively, you have to look at a multi-platform approach because how audiences are consuming media is becoming more more fragmented, particularly by age groups. Okay, so I know we've just had a couple of recent big moments where we were glued to TV. We had the uh, the Euros. Uh, Eurovision is always uh, good for getting the, the people around. But you talked there about that fragmentation of, of audiences. So maybe tell us a little bit more. Uh, and are we seeing more fragmentation like with younger people, for example? Yes, absolutely. That, that's where we're seeing the biggest change. Um, I think, you know, media plans have to adapt to take that into account. And, you know, it's particularly evident in TV viewing habits. And the latest touch points data shows that um, live and recorded TV still accounts for 65% of all adult um, TV and video viewing. But if we split that out by age group, it accounts for only 26 of 15 to 34 year olds viewing but then a massive 89% of 55-plus age group viewing. Um, so really highlighting that huge disparity there. Um, 
what we're seeing is a greater percentage of 15 to 34 year olds, around about 35% are viewing SWOD, so streaming channels, um, and 34% are viewing other online video, which includes the likes of YouTube. Um, so we therefore need to ensure um, we have a presence across these multi-touch points in order to reach the different audiences. Um, the good thing is that platforms such as Sky Ad, Smart, Vod, um, they've made TV more accessible, um, allowing us to target specific or niche audiences in, in much tighter geographical locations, reducing wastage, making it more affordable for advertisers who have smaller budgets um, who perhaps couldn't afford TV previously. Okay, so... So we're still seeing older people tuning in their droves. Uh, traditional media are talking about TV. But as you start to look at that younger audience, that's really where the fragmentation comes to the fore. But they're not just watching linear TV. You know, that, that's decreasing. But you will get them on the likes of YouTube. And then the, the kind of technological advances around Sky AdSmart mean that you can be quite clever and targeted in how you do that. And um, OK, so... That's that's TV. Are we seeing anything similar in the world of radio? Should we even be still calling it radio? <laughs> yeah, we absolutely are seeing a similar theme um, with radio or audio in general. So commercial radio is still very strong and the scale is actually really quite big with 50% of all adults listening to radio for over an hour each week. Um, and indeed, the latest radio figures show that for the first time in a century, commercial radio listening in the UK is actually greater than BBC. So a, a big triumph there for, for commercial radio. Um, however, if we look at share of ear, again, there is a real polarisation by age group um, as to how audiences are listening to audio. So live radio across any device accounts for 63% of all adult listening. Um, but for 15 to 34 year olds, this reduces to 29%, but then increases way up to 84% for the, the kind of 55 plus age group. Um, so again, that a big disparity between the age groups similar to TV. Um, but when we look at streamed music accounts, which accounts for 20% of all adult listening, um, it's actually 44% against our younger um, adult, um, 13 to 34 year olds audience listening, but only 5% for that older audience. So again, it means that if we want to effectively reach a younger audience, we have to ensure we're incorporating newer platforms, newer technologies such as Spotify and DAX, for example, into our media plans alongside the traditional commercial radio to, to get that kind of overarching um, mass reach. And um, I will say at this point, the share of ear is one of my favorite little phrases. Um, I have to, have to remember that one. So, okay, we're seeing that commonality between TV and audio, and that younger audiences are now getting uh, a share of that from, from more modern platforms, which is Spotify uh, and that. Um, right at the top, you did mention out of home. So this is your posters at bus shelters, big posters, mm. you know, street side. Has yeah. that medium involved? Can that still deliver that broad reach? Yeah, it's, it's evolved massively over the last few years, and I am, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I am a big fan of Out of Home, um, but it's slightly different to TV and audio, um, as you know, by its nature, there's less of a polarisation between audiences, because you know everybody's out and about in one way or another seeing Out of Home media, um, but it has evolved significantly over the last few years as they have adapted um, to digital formats, we're seeing much more... Um, <clears throat> digital formats going in the ground, particularly on roadside. 
excuse me, um, and they'll move away from the traditional paper and paste formats and the limitations they have in terms of production costs and just general flexibility. Um, with digital, we now not only have much more premium looking sites, you know, they look really good, um, but we have far more flexibility um, to be more reactive to campaigns, even bi-programmatically, so we can look at days of the week, um, time of day, um, and just be a lot more tactical, but we can still plan a campaign at scale to generate reach and frequency. Um, and that can also then feed into other media channels. For instance, you know, with global, you can sync DAX audio with your out of home. So, you know, you, you can hear an ad and see an ad at, at the same time. So um, much, much more opportunity with out of home than there was previously with, with the new technologies that are coming in. Very good. Yeah, I would kind of agree. There's there's something about the size and scale of out of home that, that packs a real punch. And certainly, uh, you know, as you see more of them you know, moving to digital, there certainly can be more eye-catching and the movement can draw the eye in as well. And I think, Jacob, we might come to you later on, but that creative opportunity that can be opened up with outdoor, with day a week and day parts. Hold that thought, hold that thought. <laughs> I'm going to um, bring in James now. James is our head of social and video. And certainly one of the seismic changes in the last decade and a half or so has been the phenomenal growth of social media. Um, James, you might sort of recap of what those key strengths are in terms of reach uh, and, and anything else that, that you'd like to share. Yeah, sure. So I think the the key thing is sort of you, you, you touched on it a little bit there already is it really social media has like an unparalleled reach nowadays um, across across the globe, really. I think it's about 4.7 billion active social media users, which means they're using it once a day. Um, which is up about 24% sort of on the last, on like two years ago. And that figure is sort of like uh, forecast to keep growing. It's actually about like 60% of the world population. So you've got a huge, a huge avenue just to reach consumers and, and, and get in front of those, those key individuals that we wanted, that we want to target with our, with our marketing campaigns. The second pure advantage to that is that people are really engaged particularly when they're on social um like this average user is spending like two 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 and a half hours on these platforms a day which means they've got a lot of you've got a lot of screen time and you've got screen time where they're actually paying attention to the to the um to well to the screen <laughs> to, to sort of see what's what's uh what they're what they're covering off so you get a little bit more um in the way of like active engagement rather than some of the 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 other sort of brand and, and potentially out of home where it's a little bit more passive but that obviously they both have advantages and they both build towards a good campaign but you get a little bit more active engagement um from from the sort of social side which will lead on to some of the stuff that we'll touch on in terms of um creative and messaging and how we can sort of diversify it but keeping um I, I don't want to spoil the show, but like keeping some of the continuity in there to make sure that messaging works across both side, sides of the um, online, offline uh, activity. Yeah, I think to look, you know, we're consuming more media than ever, but we're dual screening like absolute pros now. So we can be watching the telly, but also on, on the phone. And so that sort of two and a half hours is kind of grown because we're, we're, we're doing things at the, at the same time. And um, okay, I'm sold. The reach is there. Um, people are spending more time time than ever. But in terms of like the targeting you can get on social, James, is there other options beside reach that you know people should be thinking about as objectives for social or digital campaigns? 
Yeah, definitely. I think the the key with or like the nice advantage of, of sort of social and, and, and online media is the the sort of wide range and, and sort of versatility offered by the the targeting across all the different channels, um, and that that means that you've got different avenues to reach different audiences in different ways. Um, I mean, obviously LinkedIn is the largest be, um, professional network in the world because it's got all that professional um, data means you can target people by specific job roles, specific functions, specific companies, makes it very useful for, for that, uh, that business, that business to business uh, interaction and then those, that growth. Whereas something like um, Facebook or, or the meta network where you've got your, your wide reaching um, <laughs> like uh, access to, to loads of people's personal or like profile information and all, all the data like um, that they, that they sort of, gain through spending time on the platform and its affiliate sort of network of other platforms allows you to go into sort of interests, demographics, shopping habits. There's there's a huge range of, of sort of versatility um, within the sort of targeting spectrum across all the different channels. And, and really this allows us as advertisers and as, as brands to really tailor and, and, and reach niche groups with, with really tailored content and, and really develop out that um, more personalised approach that you might see from a from a more like a, a sort of more traditional broad brush um, activity, and this really helps when you're thinking about like how do we retarget our lapsed customers? Like what sort of message would encourage someone to to sort of repurchase or re-engage? Um, can we cross sell them if we know they've bought um, uh, something something recently? Can we can we figure out a way of actually? When's the, when's the best best time to upsell them with a, a, a like relative or a, like a related product, etc., um, or a service just to to sort of um, really drive it? You'll see that a lot with like um, cross selling, like uh, like like sort of insurance or, or like or something like that when you bought a product and you uh, um, like I'm getting it at the moment quite a lot with the um, sort of uh, tech care stuff after making some big electronic purchases. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, how do you tactically do that and know in that moment what that user needs and how you can reach them? Um, so it really means that you can properly, you can really tailor your activity across across the board. Um, and I think that really allows you to control that user journey a little bit more, um, which means that you can think about like what what's gonna resonate at each stage if it's a new user how do I display the brand to them in a way that they recognize and remember us? Whereas if it's a, if it's a more engaged user, um, can I um, give them sort of like uh, infographics or white, uh, white papers to sort of get them interested and bring them in or put like pure call to action orientated content at the bottom of the funnel in that retargeting list to, to drive people through. Um, and that sort of ties into the, the, the really, the real key to all of this is, is sort of that object, uh, objective first approach and you really want to be orientating um the campaign setups but also the the sort of the media choices in your media um well, in, in your media buying to to work out which objective we're going after and how do we best sort of achieve that through through all your options um like can it is it is it pure awareness are we just trying to build that perception are we trying to uh, develop the brand on a whole uh, are we trying to reach new users and showcase a new service or a product line? Um, is it is it about website traffic? Do we have uh, do we need to get some signups for for a specific event, or is it is it purely like product sales or leads? 
Um, the the nice thing about the digital um, realm of the digital social media channels is you do have the option to to sort of go down any avenue, um, and it's really important that we're considering like those objectives as that first point of call for those media plans. Okay, so that brings back to the importance of the brief and what you're trying to do, and then planning uh, uh, accordingly. Um, yeah, James, you kind of covered a lot there, uh, and I suppose the real key strength of digital is that ability to, to kind of get in there. Um, is there any other strengths you see, even from, you know, right at the top of the funnel? Yeah, I think, bring to table? yeah, I think that, like, um, for, for most of us, when we're thinking about, like, the the sort of buyer journey, um, it's it's how do we reach, how do we interest that person up at the top? How do we build that first bridge um, that makes them connect with our brand um, and like notably social is really really strong at sort of um, developing that uh, product discovery element like it's it's, at, it's over the last sort of three years or so the product discovery on channels like um, Instagram etc it's like booming people will be finding out about new products and and sort of becoming interested in in, in new brands i mean it's probably happened in 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 all of our daily lives you'll have seen something on a social channel that you didn't know existed or you hadn't seen that brand before and it'll have encouraged you to either at least at least sort of become interested or become aware of that but also um to sort of purchase it so it's, it's a really important tool for product discovery and and because almost the user is sort of acclimatized to seeing new products there it gives you a new avenue into the sort of psyche of the customer where you can see like they've got a they can see your product and and um are willing to to sort of acknowledge that as this is a a, a normal thing that they can they can sort of um develop and, and, and sort of take on yeah i think we've all been maybe guilty some dodgy purchases some good through that discovery uh, on social and just maybe to come back, you know, and I talked about the dual screening and how that's mainstream behavior now. But in terms of social working with other channels, offline and online, uh, uh, any any tips uh, or, or thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a sort of under or not necessarily underutilized avenue, but it's it's something that really needs to be considered more because that multimedia approach really does mean that you can immerse a user in their in that brand story and ensure that like like you are you are sort of front of mind and in front of that 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 um individual uh, across sort of every aspect of, of of their their life. I mean you, you sort of almost want to saturate a person in your brand to get them to to sort of remember you and build up that sort of familiarity. And I think a combination of, of both offline and, and traditional more traditional media with the online elements really build that affinity and that trust. For users, if you've seen a brand before, you're more likely to recognize it. It builds a little, you think like, ah, they must be a little bit more respectable. They've been, they've been about, they might have been on a bus or on a billboard. You're like, you start to build that recognition and it, it sort of support, supports the whole um, sort of marketing approach that you're, you're doing by just sort of having that that sort of consistent coverage throughout um and i think that really the, the sort of second aspect to that is it really helps develop that sort of more longer term um sort of advocacy um because you've got your your wider brand um campaigns and the engagement sort of given from your your um your sort of out of home or, or maybe your youtube or brand activity that you're that you're running you're, you're also giving the user um almost uh a sort of connection point by by being present on social 
Um, they can interact with your campaign. They can um, comment on your brand and you're sort of allowing them to get a little bit more trust in, in, in that relationship. They can submit reviews and you can build that advocacy part of it, um, which which sort of really allows you to, to sort of develop the perception by using all of the channels on offer. Um, and I suppose like the other the other thing is like, that's sort of important to think about is like I know we've talked about a little bit about being niche and going into those those areas but actually going broad is is still an option it's it's important to have that coverage and as we get more sophisticated AI um, and, and sort of um, channel algorithms on these social platforms like just being broad it does mean that the platform is still um, optimizing towards users who are going to who are going to find that engaging um, so I think you can take it from a, a very niche and, and, and targeted level, but you can also go broad with it um, and apply that to to sort of supplement and support that wider marketing activity that that we're that we're looking at. And obviously, like social is an area and a space that's constantly evolving. Um, consumption habits are changing. We're moving towards um, short form video much more aggressively than we have been in the last well in the last sort of three five years. Um, TikTok's been a big driver in that, but you can see Facebook and Instagram um, pull it, uh, like moving much more towards the real, uh, real type content. Um, and so, like both as the channel sort of evolves, like you're gonna have new options and new ways to sort of link it in with your sort of more traditional advertising to to really um, make sure that you're tailoring the content uh, or like developing the most effective um, sort of marketing campaign uh, across across the board. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, thanks, James. So social media, it's continuing to evolve. It certainly sounds like it's getting more sophisticated and, and a kind of planning by objective can be, can be key to driving that success and uh, keeping on top of the likes of TikTok and, uh, and everything. Uh, and I think it echoes back to, to what Hannah was saying earlier about these, you know, younger people are more open to trying new things and they'll tend to, you know, beyond TikTok, you know, before the masses kind of come. That's probably what we're seeing now. But James, you also mentioned that importance of the message and that kind of continuity and having the right message by platform. I think that kind of allows us now to join the dots on how creativity and how important that is to keep on track. So Jacob, I might bring you in uh, on that and maybe get some of your thoughts on, on continuity and creative. Well, yeah, I mean, um... The great thing is with digital and with online and offline, you can connect those dots. You know, you can have that user sort of see your billboard ad and then hear the same um, you know, brand on their streaming device and then go on to social and have them hit with the same brand. Um, but, you know, connecting all those dots, getting all of that sort of campaign aligned, in my mind, it's, it's, it's all for nothing unless you've got that creative, uh, consistent creative approach. You know, so um, if you're hitting people with different messages on different media, then it's all, everything appears much smaller and you, you just don't, you break that connection uh, in, in my mind. And, um, you know, it's, it sounds obvious, but having consistent creative is quite difficult, uh, particularly as your brand gets bigger. You know, the biggest brands in the world, they, they, they have multiple teams working on multiple media and working on multiple different campaigns. So trying to spin all those plates and making sure that uh, everything is sending off the same hymn sheet can get more and more difficult, can get more and more complex as your team grows. You know, it's quite easy to get, you know, bigger, bigger, the bigger your brand is, it's quite easy to get your teams sort of siloed into their own thing. So 
Um, you can get drawn into the creative of the discipline that you're working on. You also, if you've got your uh, social media team, for example, and they're producing creative that really sort of plays up to all the social media tropes, to the viral trends, they're doing um, you know user-generated stuff on TikTok. The creative on there, you don't want that creative to pull you away from the creative that you're also running on your TV, radio, and outdoor ads. You know, you never want to be in a situation where you've got all those dots connected, you've got all the budgets, the media, audiences aligned, but your social team are too busy sort of trying to find funny cat videos on social and they're chasing engagement, whereas your uh, brand team and your TV team are, are taking a more serious kind of somber tone on their TV advertising, for example. So, yeah, continuity creative, in my mind, is, is one of the key messages, uh, sort of the key sort of takeaways in there to, to make it all really work well. Okay, okay, I think I'm getting it. Uh, would you have any sort of examples that might help? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, say, say you're Starbucks and you are uh, targeting a commuter. Commuter on the way to work, pick up their sort of daily coffee on the way in, into work. So uh, you might pass a um, billboard on the way to the train station, uh, and that billboard is, you know, advertising it's pumpkin spice latte season. Um, and then you get on the, that commuter gets on the train, they start streaming DAX or Spotify, wherever their favorite audio um, uh, channel is. And again, they're hit with pumpkin spice latte season in the, the actual ad itself, uh, in the actual audio ad. And then say they uh, get off the train and they start sort of uh, scrolling through social media as well while they're, while they're waiting on a, their bus or connection or whatever. And suddenly the, the social media side of things hits them with um, you know 10% off summer coolers. That's to me, is the broken connection because you're, you really should be pushing the same messages across all different um channels really um okay so you've diluted that, that message by bringing in another one which, exactly uh, like if you like this one i always think you know uh, and people are dealing with different parts of the business and they might have an important message to put in an ad and somebody else wants something in uh and i always say you have to be single-minded and consistent you know if i throw seven tennis balls at you how many will you catch Versus if I throw one at you, and that consistency and single-mindedness of, of the message is really important. And um, does that mean you have to run the same creative on, on every media channel? Well, yeah, I mean that's the that's the kicker. Like, um, I'm not suggesting that you run the same creative on every channel because you simply can't run a TV ad and take the audio and run it on radio, for example. Um, and if you're finding that, say, a two-minute long-form video is working really well on LinkedIn. It's just not feasible to run a two-minute TV ad just for the sake of great continuity. Um, but what we can do is just have... It probably costs too much. Okay. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Starbucks themselves probably wouldn't want to run a, a two-minute long TV ad uh, for, yeah. for too long anyway. Okay. Um, uh, James, have you seen anything then in terms of different edits for different channels kind of working well or, or making things better? Yeah, I, I think that like... As Jacob says, like you don't want to um, do it for the sake of just for, just for the sake of continuity. But you can still, on like relatively low budgets, use the same sort of creative and just re-edit it for different uh, different sort of social placements or different placements to really um, support the overarching theme and maybe the overarching tagline or the overarching message um, to make it uh, sort of more effective for that individual channel. For example, on on like a TikTok, for example, you can use 
you could have a hashtag challenge or, or a brand effect that allows users to participate in your wider campaign message. And now, as long as that is linked to the overall campaign, and um, be it through the the sort of tagline or, or, or whatever, or whatever, you you will you're sort of adding an extra string to your bow. You're taking you're taking advantage of that that channel specific um, sort of benefits and and really allowing you to have a, a sort of more uh, wholesome campaign with creative consistency but it's not necessarily the same creative for every channel gotcha um jacob then like because creativity it's it's a, it's a tricky thing to tie down right but one thing that can help or you tell me if this is wrong it's having that really strong clear vision of, of what the brand is and what it stands for does, does that help to get that creative consistency yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like as, as James says, you know, we're not suggesting creative consistency by running the same creative on every single medium because uh, you've got to play up to the strengths of whatever medium you're, you're going for, whether it's offline or online. What you can do is have that consistency and just be, be true to your brand, you know, have a singular creative vision for your ads, singular campaign with different executions, obviously, um, but just be true to your brand and really know what your brand is all about and whatever execution, whether it's a 15-second uh, social video to a 30-second uh, you know, radio ad, it's true to the brand and the true to the, to the brand messaging. Um, you know, ultimately, we're asking, you know, does your, does your radio ad sound like the uh, videos that you're posting on Facebook? Does your TV ad convey the same messages as your paid search? You know, that's ultimately what we're we're uh, having what we're asking when you're having that consistent creative approach. Um, having that sort of consistent creative approach, the reason why that's so important, it it maximizes that exposure for you. Uh, as James says, you know, connecting all those dots, making everything sort of sing off the same sheet, uh, same hymn sheet. It means that your brand and your campaign appear, appears as as one large, well thought out campaign as opposed to lots of little small messages and lots of little campaigns dotted around here and there, which uh, are effective in itself, but you'll get much better exposure if you uh, connect oh. all the dots. Okay, yeah, no, that that certainly makes sense. And um, and ultimately, what are we trying to do here? You know, it's for people to remember that brand. And being single-minded, you have a much greater chance of doing that. Um, I know it was a fairly sort of detailed discussion went across a lot of areas. I'm going to try my best here to kind of summarize some of the key takeaways. Um, so look, Hannah, you talked about sort of embracing and planning for offline and online working together and how that can deliver you know, better business outcomes. Think multi-platform, multimedia approach. It's becoming increasingly sort of important and vital in delivering the mass reach. And that's down to that changing media consumption habits of all audience, but particularly younger audiences. So we want people to think about how, you know, to about how our own habits have changed, how our younger family, friends have changed in recent times. I think we see that sort of every day, you know, more listening to podcasts and Spotify, the huge growth of YouTube. And I think we're seeing here that the improvements in technology, the way we can target TV viewers, depending on where they live, that's going to reduce your wastage, can make the medium more affordable. And we think about the way we watch TV has changed. We're dual screening now. We've got the mobile in our hand and we can prompt that uh, online reaction or, or interaction. And traditional outdoors, so the big traditional roadside poster or bus shelter has gone digital. It looks better, can be targeted better. You can buy your day parts and, and 
No doubt some of the old grubby poster sites are gone, now lost, but replaced by nice premium looking digital screens that then is going to make your brand look, look more premium and better. And to James's point, that social delivers that huge reach and that you can get clever and start to plan by objectives. Uh, it can work incredibly well with traditional media, driving that top of funnel, greater awareness and engagement than just using social on its own. And then, um, Jacob, look, let's not forget the importance of creativity and the power of consistency. I think it's better if your brand is distinctive and consistent across offline and online media. You know, if you're losing that consistency across the platforms, and then that's got to be ultimately confusing for the consumer. And one size does not fit all. However, you think about how you're matching to the medium. So, uh, James, you gave a good example of the long form video can work well on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, it's not going to work on, on TV unless you're super, super uh, uh, flush and budget is no limit. And finally, um, I think it's about being true to you and your brand. What are those brand values and being consistent with those across the touch points that you're using? Folks, did I summarize okay there? Is there anything I've missed? Because this is your chance to correct me. I think you did a great job there. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, look, uh, that's it from the MediaWorks Masterclass. I want to thank uh, you for your time and I'd like to thank all our contributors uh, for, for their contributions today. Really, really interesting topic. And uh, make sure you join us next week for a digital masterclass. Thank you and good luck, folks. Bye-bye.